Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Real Life Stories, Building a Private Practice. Today I am joined with the lovely Kim Ottinger. She is a LPC and art therapist in the D.C. area. Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited <laughs> to be here. Um, I, tell a little bit about where you're at currently in your private practice. What are you up to right now so people know a little bit about you? Okay, um, I'm just getting started in my private practice. Um, I have been working in an agency, and I'm just starting to build up my practice. So I have, um, you know, I'm getting there, like maybe a third of the way of where I'd like to be eventually um, in terms of clientele. Did you... Were you referring to what I'm doing or? No, how long have you been in private practice? Oh, okay. Um, less than a year. Mm-hmm. And what made you decide to go this route, <laughs> this crazy journey? <laughs> um, I think that um, I really would like to be in private practice and have the opportunity to work with clients that I, I would like to work with. Um, not just to be sort of given whoever needs outpatient work, but to be able to work with people that really um, resonate with what I want to be working with. Yeah. So, so prior to this, um, you were working at agency, right? Correct. And you're still there now, right? Yes, part-time. You're in what we call the bridging the gap phase, right? So, like, that transition from agency work into private practice. Yeah. Uh And, you know, why now? Like, I think that that's a big question a lot of therapists ask of, like, when is the time to start private practice when you're in a full-time job? How did you come to the decision as to, like, the timing? Um, That's a great question. So, I... I work with um, a supervisor, Amy Tatsumi, and um, I was working with her for uh, postgraduate supervision, and I've gotten to the point where I'm an assistant clinical director at the agency that I work for, and I was starting to look at, hmm, maybe I want to, like, go into private practice, and the, my supervisor suggested looking into sensory motor psychotherapy and the training um, because she thought it would be a really good match for who I am and the, the way I function in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I said, you know, that's a great idea. And so I got involved in that and started really considering more the possibility of my confidence and my ability to actually do private practice work and, make it work for myself. So I think it was a turning point in terms of my, my confidence level and just feeling capable and that it was a possibility. And so I think having somebody say, you can do this was a big part of what shifted for me. Yeah. I think support is huge, you know, and if you, when you have that inkling, I remember, and I think it's about the kind of support because I remember when I first started out and I would ask people around my workplace, my, the agency I worked at, they were all people that had like part-time private practices. They just kind of dabbled in it. 
but they never felt like they could leave the county, you know, and that's fine. I mean, if that's the kind of practice you want, but when you're have this inkling, like I really want to do this like fully, you need to talk to people that are doing it fully that will be encouraging of that, you know, for sure. And do you think, go ahead. No, go ahead. I think also, um, the addition of being an art therapist, uh-huh. training that's not something that like not as many art therapists go into private practice a lot of them stay within agencies and hospitals and um, schools and so it it felt even more difficult to imagine that possibility to so to have an art therapist that was successful in the field say hey um I'm doing it and you can do it that was that was huge for me yeah do you do you think that like the sensory motor stuff and all that, I want to talk about that in a minute, but do you think that that would not have translated into the kind of agency work that you're doing that like those skills and that kind of passion couldn't really flourish. And that's why you need private practice. Um, or, or is that not the case? That's also a good question. Um, I, (laughs) I, I do try to use the sensory motor work with yeah. the clientele at the agency. Um, I find that the, the clients I work with there, the focus is a lot of times is buy-in to the therapeutic process rather than the actual processing piece. Yeah. And so I think, like, the ambivalence in private practice is so, like, Especially, so I'm doing private pay. Mm-hmm. Also, a big deal for me to like get over my own anxiety about that. But I think private pay really makes a difference in terms of of that ambivalence and how um, you know if somebody's coming, they're paying their own money. They they expect a result, and so they buy in, mm-hmm. and that's so different from working with teenagers and families that are kind of there because they need to be but they don't have the same motivation level yeah yeah teenagers in general I think (laughs) buy in so yeah I think it's kind of what you're saying if like the agency work wasn't conducive to like the ideal kind of client for you and the way you want to work right right I want to actually like do the processing and yeah, to use the sensory motor work without having to get people to say, "Okay, I'm committed." You know, like, yeah. can you talk some about the sensory motor work for those that may this might be the first or um, second time they're hearing about it, and share a little bit about what you're doing with that? Sure. Um, so, I personally, I function very much in the world through. Um, visual means and kinesthetically I, I, I don't use words well necessarily um, so I find that um, my, I understand the world through images and through my body a lot more than other people may um, well and I also like you know my soul my heart too um, so having this work really allows me to help people process things and work through things 
through their body as well. So sensory motor um, psychotherapy is all about uh, patterns in our body. Sorry, I have to take a breath. Yeah, <laughs> um, and using using your body to process things. So if you think about talk therapy, it's it's a it's a top down approach. So it's verbal um, meaning making through narrative, right? So bottom up uses the the less evolved part of our brain to access uh, information and process it from a, a different level. Um, and it really helps people to get unstuck from some of the patterns they have that they struggle to move through in, in regular verbal mm. therapy. Mm-hmm. So who do you end up loving to work with? Me personally? Yeah. Um, I, I think that I'm moving towards working with more and more relationship and attachment issues, but, uh, I like, I like, uh, millennials and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And the, I, I just want to point out what you said. Like, I think I'm moving to, and I think that that's, you know, uh, something that we we talk a lot about niche, but I also like to stress the importance of the flexibility of niche. That, like, when you're on the journey, you you go with something, you know. You follow, like, your inkling, your heart, a passion, a curiosity. And from that, when you keep staying curious, then it evolves. So I like that it's starting to kind of evolve for you. Like, okay, out of this anxiety and millennials and all this is coming some other stuff, Right. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think boot camp helped me to sort of like narrow down niche, niche, niche. I never know how niche, to Niche, niche. We, Miranda, they both say it different. <laughs> I'm sure that confuses people. <laughs> that word. <laughs> down to um, working with strictly with anxiety and millennials. Um, but now, you know, as I'm evolving in my private practice work which hasn't been long but enough for me to recognize who's drawn to me and who I'm drawn towards um I'm recognizing that on top of the the anxiety piece it's definitely there's relationship and and attachment stuff involved that's great can you share like what's your favorite part about private practice oh um there's so many things I love about private practice I, I think really the my for sure the best thing is just having people come in and really want to do the work mm-hmm. and being able to work through it and collaborate mm-hmm. you know not feeling like there's this pressure to be in the driver's seat or in charge of fixing someone I think you know private practice there's people come in knowing what they want to work on, they want a collaboration, and um, there's just a lot more freedom. Mm-hmm. What's been some of the struggles of doing private practice? Um, the, I, not that, honestly, not that much. I think I make it a lot more um, scary in my head than it is in reality. <laughs> That's the struggle. The mind. 
battlefield of the mind. Yeah. Pretty sure. Like you do private pay and that was like a little bit of adjustment. Can you talk about that? Yeah. I, I, it's a constant adjustment. I think, um, start every time I have a conversation with the potential client, I'm internally going, I don't know if this person's really going to like agree to this rate. And you know, it's all internal and nine times up, maybe not nine times. I don't know what the ratio is. Maybe five times out of 10, they agree to the rate. No problem. And it's really just an internal fear. Mm -hmm. That and uh, I think the other thing that's been a huge challenge for me, as I've mentioned to you before, is that uh, time, like just time constraints and trying to transition from a full-time position to uh, working in private practice and scheduling, which, you know, that, that's always been, it's always a struggle in this work. But how do you fit that in? Like, what does your schedule look like for a typical week? When are you at the agency and when are you at your practice? Um, so I'm really fortunate because I'm able to sort of like switch afternoons and mornings over like one at a time, uh-huh. which I'm really, really grateful for. Um, but I, so right now I'm in my DC private practice office Monday and Friday afternoons. Mm-hmm. And next week I start with the full Monday um, and the rest of my days are still in the agency. Mm-hmm. And I do come in on the weekend a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. To my practice. Right. And then do you see that slowly just kind of the phasing in of more practice and less of the agency work? Or is there going to be a point where you're going to have to say goodbye to agency? Um, yeah. So the honest truth of that is that I would like to keep doing supervision for the clinicians there because I really enjoy that work. Um, I just think there's a lot of value in, in that. And yeah. So I want to keep that, but other than that, I'm going to slowly transition everything out. Yeah. That's another thing. Like, you know, it's not like it's all black and white. Like... <laughs> You're doing it this way, and then you have to stop the agency, and you've already found, like, okay, no, this is, like, the nice blend for me. Like, I still like, you know, doing the work for the agency within this context, you know? I think that that's important to be creative and give yourself permission, as we've talked about, to do, like, what, what feels right, what makes sense when you look at numbers and when you look at your lifestyle and life plan or trajectory. Um, there's a lot of factors being taken into consideration and there's not like this one way of doing practice, which is why I love hearing everyone's stories. It's, we're all so different. Yeah, for sure. It's nice to have that, that capability to kind of mix things up. Actually, I, I, I like that. So being a person that is more kinesthetic and less verbal what marketing has worked for you? Oh, um, I'm still working on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just getting, so I, again, really fortunate to have the supervisor that I do because she's kind of been able to refer clients to me. Um, and I'm just starting to get involved with 
social media and getting out. And I, I'm, my plan is to go talk with um, different clinicians and agencies, hospitals, IOPs in the area and put my name out there. But I'm just starting that process. Yeah. I think, you know, when we look at the marketing aspect, it is about aligning with the pieces of ourselves that shine, you know, and it, being an artist, being um, more kinesthetic, like it would make sense to be a little bit more creative or visual in your marketing than verbal, right? Yeah, I'm excited about being able to do that. I was thinking about like flyers for potential workshops and I was getting excited about like putting together flyers and um Amy created the the website that we Mm -hmm. use and it's beautiful Mm -hmm. yeah So. (laughs) so for someone that is about to start um that has this like little flame of flicker in their heart of like I want to do practice I think what is one piece of advice um, that you have to give to them about getting started? Yeah, um, I really, really think it's permission. Um, you know, if you need some support, then getting somebody to help you with that, but giving yourself permission to see the possibility in your own capacity, capability to to do it because it's like I said it's just so much bigger in your head than it is in reality <laughs> mm, I love that thank you so much Kim for sharing thank you and I hope that um, people hear your story and are inspired I know I am you know I, I think it's good I know you reached out and I was like I want to feature you even though you're starting it doesn't matter like we're all in different spots and Someone listening today will need to hear what you have to say. And um, where can people reach out to you if they want to connect? Sure. Um, so my website is yoursoultherapy.com. And my email is kim at yoursoultherapy.com. Awesome. So that would be a great place to reach me. Okay. I'll put that link, too, on the blog post as well. All right, guys, if you're listening, um, thank you for listening and reach out to Kim and see what she's up to. This is a great kind of way of working with people from a a different angle. And I really loved hearing about it. And if you're watching this on the blog, please post below where are you at in your practice? Um, How's it going? And if you have any questions, we'd love to answer them for you. All right. Have a great day.